This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into the Lions 24-7 podcast. I'm Tyler Donahue. He is Sean Fitz, and we roll on into February there was a time in this industry when that meant a big Wednesday was ahead. This National Signing Day, the National Signing Day, that first Wednesday in February. Gone are those days. We've got the early signing period. December takes care of most of the business. 23 players signed by Penn State um, back in mid-December. Sean, we've got a few things to monitor heading into the February signing day tomorrow. Some things to look back at from the weekend. A couple commitments, some quarterback offers. Let's get going. I don't miss it. I don't miss the February signing day. I know that's kind of changed some things for uh, certain aspects of the recruiting prospect process, but uh, that month of chewing your nails through January with mystery visitors and guys getting in late and everything like that, I really, really don't miss it. So now it's been replaced with portal season and uh, different things like that. But uh, so there's some give and some take, but uh, yeah, don't, don't miss that first Wednesday of February. It's, it's very uneventful, especially in these parts as Penn state likes to sign it's uh, the majority, if not all of its class, uh, in December. So not much happening this week for Penn State. Uh, not a complete surprise. Of course, hosted uh, Vega Ione from the offensive lineman from Washington yesterday, or excuse me, this week, this past weekend. He will announce tomorrow, Wednesday, National Signing Day at 1145 Eastern. Don't see this one breaking for Penn State. Uh, you know, I think they, they did a really good job. I, sp- I spoke to him a little bit uh, after the trip. I uh, thought they did a very good job with the family aspect and all that sort of thing. But a, a kid from Washington who's from a big family, you know, has been committed to Washington in the past, just visited Washington last week. That's a lot of Washington to overcome um, for him to, to to go all the way across the country. So uh, bucking the trend would be a, a big surprise. Um, but Penn State made a pretty good effort. Just I, don't, I think they're going to come up short in adding another offensive lineman to the 22 class. Yeah, we've discussed quite a bit here that that will there be maybe a piece or two added from the high school level for the 2022 class? Uh, particularly as the the kind of the frenzied state of the winter transfer portal has come and gone a bit and produced one pickup for Penn State. Um, not necessarily the case, doesn't look like that, but there is a, a bit of a leftover, Sean, from December. Of course, Tyrese Mills, safety out of Philadelphia, um, Northeast High School. Uh, Deion Barnes was the defensive coordinator there a few years back. Um, of course, Ken Talley signed out of that program. Expecting him to sign on Wednesday, you reported on Monday. Um, this is one we'll have to, to make sure he gets that pen to paper. A- some academic things needed to be handled uh, between the early signing period and this signing day. So we hope for Tyrese and Penn State's sake that they're able to get to the finish line, and that would make a couple of Lackawanna players. Of course, J.B. Nelson, the four-star offensive lineman, uh, already on campus, enrolled in January. And let's face it, these Falcon safeties have made some noise in Happy Valley recently. Tig Brown doing big things, tied for the NCAA lead in takeaways and a marquee member of the 2022 returning roster. And then Jaquan Brisker had an All-American campaign. So no pressure, Tyrese Mills. But, of course, he's got to sign first. And when you talk about academic things kind of hanging in the balance and some of those loose threads, you got to get to that point. And then we can talk about what's next. 
Yeah, he was up over the weekend. I think Penn State laid it out pretty clear for him what the expectations were. And and they've been doing that for a while, sort of working with him to figure out uh, what he needed to do to get signed. Uh, you know, I think it's kind of a shot across the bow when you don't let him sign in December to to get your stuff on straight. And, um, you know, I, I guess he's made enough progress and they're happy with that, 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 that he's going to come in uh, over the summer. Because nowadays, I mean, it used to be you could sign whoever you wanted and it, there were really no repercussions if they didn't qualify. You know, you've, you've got a certain amount of numbers and, and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, schools, I remember what Tennessee signing like 33 kids and, you know, Florida doing a bunch of stuff like that um, back in the day. Now, if you sign a kid and he doesn't qualify, it's going to it hurts you. So you can't take a risk on signing a guy. This happened a couple of years ago uh, with uh, Shaquan Anderson Butts. Penn State didn't let him sign just because he couldn't couldn't make the grade. And, and you can't take that risk in giving yourself. Um, you know, essentially putting yourself behind the eight ball, giving yourself one fewer spot to take in the next cycle by adding a guy that you don't think will make it to campus. Um, you know, this is uh, a guy that they came out of Philly Northeast High School as a 2020 prospect and uh, went to Lackawanna right away. They did not play in 2020. You know, they they made it to the spring season in 2020. But, uh, yeah, there was not – or excuse me, in 2021. Um, um, so he's got some time to play. He's got four years to play three. Um, you know, hopefully he gets everything he needs to get academically in order. Um, I don't know his his – current status on getting whatever he needs to get, whether it's associate's degree or getting um, where he needs to be in his uh, progress to graduate. Um, he actually hasn't gotten back to you or I this week, which is kind of out of character for him. So hopefully everything's all right there. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where you hope he can make the progress. I, I think he's a guy that maybe needs a little bit more time than those other guys. I mean, we saw Jair Brown as great of a season as he had in 2021. In 2020, he was very much a, a prospect in transition. Uh, Brisker, got that extra year because of uh, he did not have a redshirt year available, but he got that extra year because of COVID and we saw how, uh, what a big difference that made. So he gets an extra year. He gets a little bit more time to work. Does he use a red shirt? Hard to say. Is he a safety? Is he a Sam? Plenty of questions to talk about um, in the future with Tyrese Mills. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's one of those situations where there will be, I think, something to, to celebrate on signing day if you're Penn State and, and Mills has, has worked hard to get to this point. Yeah, Mills is listed six foot, 205 pounds. He's the number 11 overall junior college prospect with an 87 rating. Uh, that puts him uh, in that high three-star category by our junior college rankings. And by the way, we had Chris Singletary, uh, who, who joined us on the last episode to break down all the top 24-7 rankings, and, and J.B. Nelson out of Lackawanna. If you missed that conversation, Chris, who oversees our junior college rankings as well, that last episode, last Thursday, check it out for a full review of the class. Um, final thoughts here as we as we look ahead to this signing day which used to be everything and now is means very little ultimately sean if let's say mills mills comes on board uh and penn state ends up with that number at 24 and, and you factor in tinsley's on campus the wide receiver from western kentucky we've seen some some movement we'll talk about another transfer portal pop up a little bit later here in the show but a lot of those veterans that we had talked about they've moved on they are moving on from a scholarship standpoint, how much wiggle room does Penn State have between now and May maybe to do some more tinkering with this roster? Because I think we're all anticipating another wave of transfer portal action and Penn State to be pretty involved in that. Well, the, the numbers, they'll take care of themselves. I mean, this is something yeah. Doan and I, when, when Doan's on, we always talk about this. So I, I wouldn't get too uptight about the numbers. I think there'll be another rush, uh, not only 
for guys that maybe want to find a different spot at, during spring, after spring, go into the portal and check things out. But on the flip side of that being, you know, getting getting a few more options to look at if you're Penn State in the portal. So I, I think they're fine numbers wise. Um, there's not a ton of uh, of wiggle room right now. Um, eventually that clock will reset. and You'll get a little bit more, uh, you know, a little more space to play. Um, but yeah, I, I think they'll be okay. We were, we were looking at what three or four transfers um, in this off season. You got Tinsley on campus, and and, and you know hopefully things are going well there. Um, still waiting a decision from Hunter Norzad. This is the guy that really we've been talking about um, for for a long time here. The, the offensive lineman from Cornell. He visited Iowa over the weekend. Illinois still involved in that mix as well, and Penn State uh, still strongly in that mix as well. So you hope to get some some good news from from that aspect. Uh, Tyler Steen's still on the board, although his his brother got an offer from Virginia this week and committed to Virginia. The Steens were up in, at Virginia visiting this weekend. Um, also, Cam Bradley, the, the the kid from Miami, Ohio, that Penn State offered was also at Virginia. So Virginia, you know, with the new coach, very active in the portal as well. So there's a lot of overlap there. Um, but yeah, still looking around there. They the Penn State offered the the twins from North Texas, um, and I'll, I'll 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 forget their names because obviously they're twins. Um, but uh, really, really talented kids as defensive end. I know defensive end is uh, you know a spot where they've got three offers out right now. You would like to see one of those offers, um, you know. Uh, for linebacker or because I think that's a big need right now as well. Um, but, you know, you're kind of going with what's out there. Uh, I think Chris Hummer just posted that 96 of the top 100 prospects in the portal in the 24-7 sports portal rankings are committed to one school or another. Um, so there's, uh, you know, it's kind of sparse out there. But, uh, yeah, Penn State's still plugging away on that end. Um, I, th- I think they're fine at what, 24, you said, with the high school prospects and then uh, and then the junior college players. So you got a little bit of room there to work with the Juca or with the uh, portal kids. Gave me some time. Murphy twins, Grayson and Gabriel uh, out of North Texas. I was, I was going to say Murray and I, I knew that was not right. And that's why I held myself up. So I appreciate you looking that one up. Yeah. Gabriel last year, 52 tackles, 12 of them for loss, seven sacks, Grayson, 38 tackles, 14 and a half of those for loss and a team high eight and a half sacks uh, in the conference USA competition down there. So, more names to pop up. We had talked about edge rusher being in need. Arnold Abikede, what a pickup he was last year. Don't know if you can count on replicating that production, but need some help there, some reinforcements. Uh, it's a clear spot in the transfer portal. We'll see that reflected in some of the targets here. Sean, we, we, there's our big signing day preview. That's that's where it is right now. We'll, we'll talk about what happened on Wednesday when we come back with another episode later in the week. And but no, live, no live show this signing day. No live show. <laughs> no. <in> <laughs> um, there will be live coverage at lions247.com uh, during that James Franklin press conference, though, which is set for 1130 um, a.m. on Wednesday. It's not just going to be focused on the recruiting class. It's a chance to open up some discussions on the 2021 season. So we'll see what comes of that. Whatever does, uh, check it out, lions247.com uh, for updates and analysis afterward. Last weekend, Sean, of course, there was a big junior day event. We'll get to that in a second, but there were some fireworks, a couple different classes. Um, let's start with the Friday commitment, an offensive lineman on board in the 2023 group. Uh, Anthony Donko from Virginia, uh, a guy that was really kind of off the radar um, for a lot of a, a lot of schools, doesn't talk a lot, um, you know, only had, I think, four offers, Duke, West Virginia, Virginia Tech and Penn State. Uh, this is a guy at Penn State got on campus um, and, and really was kind of blown away physically. Um, th- this is this is one of your project offensive linemen in this class. He's going to play tackle, got the 35 inch arms, got everything you, you like in a tackle build, um, but he's still got a, a ways to go as an offensive lineman. Um, but yeah, he's, he's pretty, he's very pretty. Uh, when you take a look at, uh, what, what he brings to the table for a frame athleticism, um, you know, I think he's, he's got 
got a ways to work on his feet and things like that. But physical, um, you know, six foot five ish, you know, close to six foot five, 305 pounds. Um, there's a lot to work with there. And I think when you take a look at uh, what Penn State's doing on the offensive line, excuse me, a, a quick start to that offensive line class with Birch Meyer and Josh Miller. Um, and then you've got Dunko in the, on board and you're going to continue to I think throw numbers at it. And that's uh, I think that's kind of what they need to do after the last couple of cycles where you've got, uh, you know, guys, you know, but the, the Tangwall and Bruce cycle, Bruce is already gone uh, last cycle. If you, if you don't get a, Ione, which we don't expect them to get uh, you've got Malik McNeil, yeah, Malik McNeil and Drew Shelton as your high school guys and JB Nelson there. So there's going to be room for, um, you know, offensive linemen in this class. Uh, Barnwell, you know, tight end, offensive line, defensive line, you know, just going to slot him as an athlete for now. Um, but for yeah, now he's a basketball player and we've been trying, I've been, I've been working with him. He's got his basketball schedule. I'm just going to put, put that out there. A teaser. We hope they get mega on the show soon, but you're right. That's an interesting topic of discussion right now, isn't it? Because he's talking defensive line. He's we've been talking offensive line and I think he still wants to get some footballs maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, I think he's got that dream where he's going to be a tight end. He's just so big and continues yeah. to get bigger. And he's he's athletic for that size. I'm curious where he sees himself on the defensive line because I've heard that he sees himself as an edge player, but he's probably more of a tackle. I think, um, you know, ideally, I think Notre Dame had him, you know, penciled in as like a three, four end, which kind of makes sense with his his big body and big size and things like that. But but back to, to Penn State's offensive line targets. I mean, there's there's still a bunch of guys out there, and this is kind of what we've said the last couple of years, but you, you didn't see the tangible results, at least this early in the, uh, in the process. Now, Phil Troutwine has, has started getting things going, also got things going with another kid that we'll talk about in a future class, um, in a few minutes, but, uh, Javen Williams is still out there. Uh, Chase Basantis, uh, Luke Montgomery, a bunch of guys that are just, um, you know, Nolan McConnell was up this weekend. Evan Link, we've noticed is a big target. Uh, so there's, I mean, there's no shortage of offensive line targets, which, you know, to be honest with you, 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 you kind of had questions about uh, whether or not the, he was going to be able to finish on some of these guys to get three in the boat, three pretty solid guys in the boat, um, especially with Birch Meyer's borderline five star guys and interior player. That's a that's a really good start for Phil Trotwine, who's obviously, I think, probably recruiting with a little bit of, uh, of, of fire under him. Uh, you know, I'm. I don't know if that's his seat or anything talking, but, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of things that are, you know, putting some pressure on him. And, and, and to his credit, he's responded. Yeah, Birchmeyer and Josh Miller um, in the recent days, I think just the last 48 hours or so, both putting out those 107% committed uh, tweets. So really early in the cycle to put those out, uh, just making it very clear that they're on board with the nation's number four recruiting class right now. When you look at the composite 24-7 sports ranking, seven players on board for Penn State. Obviously, the offensive line, a big story there. And just quickly going back to Donka um, and his rankings right now, 24-7 sports, a little bit higher than the industry average, 88 rating. The number 20 interior offensive lineman in that 2023 class. Uh, Composite has him as number 31 interior offensive lineman, 86.7 rating. Uh, that'll all square itself well, way. We'll have a, a chance to hopefully see these guys in action um, during the upcoming camp circuit in the spring, which is nice to kind of anticipate a full camp circuit after the last couple of years. Uh, but Sean, you know, before, you mentioned hey, before, we, before we move yeah. on, let's talk about Virginia yeah. in the class of 2023. You've got a no lot kidding. of things working there for Penn State. Uh, three of the top 10, uh, three of the top, excuse me, four of the top 10. Sorry, I missed Miller there. Uh, committed to Penn State right now. You've got Birchmeyer as number one. Uh, Barnwell is number four. Donka is number five. And then Miller um, down there at number nine. But Penn State is 
position itself well. I mean, I know Brent Pry is going to try everything he can to be the new coach that locks down the in-state players. Penn State's making it pretty tough on him right now, and that's uh, that's interesting. You got Cam Selden, who's a big Penn State target as a safety um, at, at Northumberland, which he's got plenty of connections that area to uh, to Anthony Poindexter. They've made him a priority. Joel Starlings was committed to Michigan. I don't know where he ends up. I think he probably ends up committing one or two places, and then um, you know eventually lands somewhere on signing day. Nolan McConnell, number six, was just up as an offensive lineman. Um, Tony Rojas, number ten. This is a guy that was up uh, this weekend. Big, big target for the staff. I, I think he's one of those guys that you look at that rating and you look at how Penn State v- values him as a prospect. And I think there's two very different stories being told right there. We have him as a high three-star at 87. Um, I think Penn State has has him as one of their top overall targets. I think Penn State's in a really good spot there. Um, then Antonio Cotman at number 11. Um, cor- is he a corner? Is he a safety? Is he eventually a linebacker? It's hard to say. That's Ellis Brooks' cousin. He was just up this weekend too. So Virginia in 2023. And like I said, uh, you know, Brent Pry is going to do what he can to try and plant that flag. Penn State's going to make it tough on him. Yeah, you might you, you you might be working against Brent Pry and Tyler Bowen. Fortunately, though, you're not working against Anthony Poindexter back down there in his old stopping grounds, like we thought was going to play out. So you don't have kind of that two prong. Let's throw Charles Huff in the mix too, uh, as he's trying to, to to get his program going at Marshall. Uh, Sean, I, I, you you've caught my attention with the Virginia stuff. I went back to that 2019 class. According to 24/7 Sports, in that 2019 cycle, Penn State signed three of the top four. High school seniors out of Virginia, Brandon Smith, Devin Ford, Hakeem Beeman. Smith has come and gone. Ford will see, and Hakeem Beeman will, will really see. We'll have to stay tuned on that one. Uh, but but took me back there a few years ago when they had that success. And one more thing to add on the offensive line and, and why the numbers need to be big in the 2023 cycle. We, we talked about what happened in 21 where Landon Tengwell is the only scholarship freshman on your roster by the time you get to preseason camp. But I get the sense that by the by the time we are this point next year, Sean, that 2020 offensive line class, which had five guys, and we're still waiting to see who emerges as a starter, who's going to be a two-deep guy. But there's going to be guys who just fall by the wayside, and it becomes clear that they need to hit the portal. So you're going to lose some of that group. That group's not going to be as big next year. And ultimately, you hope to have some major hits. But as we have stated several times, that 2020 offensive line class, which right now is a huge percentage of your overall room that, that Phil Troutwine is working with. A lot of unknowns there, and I just think it's it's a matter of college football these days. You look at those five names, and you just know that group is not going to be intact come next December, January. Yeah, and I think I think Penn State will always try to take an offensive lineman in the portal. Um, you know, it, very rarely are you going to have five starters back, or you know, it's just a ton of guys that you can count on as starters the next year, especially after watching what we watched last year um, with the offensive line. So I I always expect them to go after a guy. But yeah, you're gonna you're right that that all cycles through. Just taking a guy from the portal every year can only go so far. And when you when you've got five guys, when you've got one of those five guys from a class that's that's going to be three years in the, in the making just one of those guys slated to to start next year. I mean that's the that that's not the great hit rate that you're looking for especially, you know, entering next season. I don't want to I don't want to cast out on their their previous season or anything like that, but entering next season. So yeah, you make a good point. Numbers are going to have to uh to eventually replenish at some point and I think uh you know, given what we see in terms of the 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 variety of targets that are still out there might be one where they just kind of overextend themselves here and you know, I think that's I, I think that's probably the right move. We open with some talk about finishing the 2022 class, now adding to the 23 class. How about 2024? Because here we go. That class is officially launched, and it happens with an in-state prospect, Cooper Cousins, Saturday with his commitment, and we're off and running in yet another cycle. 
Yeah. How about that? Uh, Cooper Cousins, uh, this is a kid that, you know, we've kind of always felt would end up at Penn State. Uh, the, the offer list is not really expansive at this point. Penn State, uh, you know, had him on campus for a visit in, uh, I think it was November. He was up for a game. They offered him. This was a this was a funny thing to watch from up above. And uh, I know Mark was taking photos and things like that, but they brought Cooper Cousins out to meet James Franklin at, at, uh, at midfield or so before the game. He did so. He shook his hand. They sent him back. And then they sent him back out, so James Franklin could offer him a scholarship. Wanted to give him the old up and down, see how see how actual uh, actually how big he is, and is a big boy for uh, for being a twenty twenty four prospect, six uh, five plus. I think he's three hundred pounds now. Um, so obviously that's uh, that's a lot to work with right there. What I what I love about him, and I've, I've said it from the start here, this kid plays center at high school. Uh, that doesn't happen very often, especially, you know, when, when you can be a dominating force, um, you know, playing tackle or whatever, uh, or when you're a dominating force in the high school ranks, you're basically going to be a tackle an all time tackle for that matter. Um, so he's got some versatility kind of reminds me of Luke Montgomery, um, in the 2023 class and the fact that you can move him around. So this is a situation I'm looking at. I'm seeing a potential tackle with potential tackle size. And I know we talk about, all these need for tackles and things like that and measurements and arm length and all that kind of stuff. But if you have the versatility to put a guy like Cooper cousins, or maybe going back a couple of classes, like a land in Tengwall at center to solidify your line for a couple of years, right in the middle, that's a chance that you can take. And I, I see that with cousins and, you know, Penn state has, has really started getting things going with, uh, with offers in the 2024 class. And they've had guys on campus uh, from that offensive line class. Of course, Peter Jones, the offensive tackle from Malvern prep was up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Fletcher Westfall uh, from Virginia. He was up that kid six, eight plus Luke Hamilton was up uh, this weekend. So some, some early, um, feedback some really good feedback from from offensive line prospects in 2024 and again you know it's kind of where we found ourselves a couple of weeks ago talking about you know, they got to finish on some of these guys and that will be something to uh that'll be a bridge to cross in the future but right now you know it, it it's looking pretty appealing and don't want to get too ahead of ourselves but uh, i think i think it's a good rebound for for the last couple of cycles at offensive line yep recent Number one commits in, in the last couple of cycles, Caden Saunders for the 2022 class was the first one to claim a spot. Um, and of course, Mega Barnwell in the 2023 class, he, he then got out of the seat and walked he away for a while, but he came back to it. Yeah. So <laughs> he, he came back and I, I do agree with you. It's very compelling that a prospect of this size and stature as a sophomore getting that experience as center, because a lot of times you think you have an inkling that it may be. Uh, in high school, a lineman who's playing tackle or guard, could he be a center for your team down the road? And then you, you know, eventually get to the point where you say, hey, let, let's try you snapping the ball. Let's see how you're comfortable. You've got a guy, I don't know if, if Cooper is going to play center for the next two years of, of his high school career or not, but you got a guy who already has a little bit of background of what it's like uh, you know, to, to lead that the line of scrimmage and, and to, to handle yourself pre-snap and just to deliver the ball to the quarterback with consistency. Yeah, uh, you'll take that versatility any day of the week. And I think that is an interesting thing to know, because I think if you look at the size here and you think, OK, this kid's got power five offers, you'd assume he's probably just been plopped that left tackle, which is where, you know, high school coaches usually find a fit for the best athlete or the best offensive lineman on your team. Uh, and so I, I think that is really a compelling aspect of, of, of what Cooper Cousins could be and what he already is. And, and you know, this is probably a situation where his offer list is not going to blow up because people are going to see the Penn State commitment and understand the Penn State commitment, but it could. I mean, we got a couple more years to figure this thing out. And, and as always, when we're talking about a sophomore committing, um, you know, this is going to be one that's going to be tested by a lot of different variables, coaching staff, uh, his situation. 
but to get him on board now and, and to get going for Penn State, really strong finish to January, I think. You, you, you added a piece to 2023 on Friday. You, you get going with a 2024 class, and you get going with an in-state guy. And I haven't had a chance to speak with Cooper yet, but if he's kind of a gregarious character, an outgoing guy, that's only going to help you as you try to build some momentum with the in-state class in 2024, a class that you're really still trying to figure out in a lot of different ways. Um, and, and you mentioned you got your shot with an official visitor. January comes to a close. February hits you hard uh, in terms of what you can do in recruiting. But I'll tell you, it seems like for as cold as it was here in the frozen tundra of Happy Valley, they did a nice job in dealing with some snowstorms. They did a nice job getting guys on campus, getting a few guys on board, and also just kind of laying that groundwork for what you want to accomplish in, in 2023 cycle the rest of the way. And to some degree with the 2024 class, because uh, let's face it, uh, recruiting uh, gets later earlier these days. So these 2024 kids, they're going to be veterans on the recruiting trail before we know it. Yeah, and, and maybe gets a little bit of the bitter taste out of out of some of the fan base's mouth. I know it's it, it hasn't been you know December or November and December was was pretty wicked, and then of course uh, you know bleeding over to the Outback Bowl. So you know get some things going for you, get to get things moving in the right direction. And, and as we've said, momentum can do a lot of things. You look at uh, you know where Penn State's at right now from a record standpoint versus where they're they're ranked in terms of uh, classes and things like that. And obviously, one's higher than the other. So you want to keep uh, bringing in talent, and you want to minimize the effect of the record and and maximize your your output on the recruiting trail uh one more follow-up with cooper cousins we have him listed at 6'5 um 285 on the site who's actually one of the few kids who's actually bigger than than our listing on uh on 24 7 so um he's about six five and a half legit six five and a half uh, three about 300 pounds right now so a lot to like there um you know we'll see what happens with his position but there's a long time to talk about that um, and yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a really good start uh, in that 2024 class. And, and I think it sticks. I mean, the, was it this time last year or, or I don't even remember when it was with mega Barnwell, we were talking about, eh, it's too early to make a decision, things like that. I do think this one will stick. You know, I think it's a little bit different. I, um, was looking at photos from when he got offered, I think it was the Illinois game, which, you know, if he committed after that, good for him. Um, but, uh, he, he was there with, with family members and just the unbridled joy on his family members. You know, I think his sister goes here. Uh, just the the unbridled joy. I was like, oh, this kid's going to Penn State. Now, I don't like to put in 2024 crystal balls. Maybe I should change change up that uh, that method or, or something like that. But uh, yeah, it was it was one of those things where it's kind of a matter of time. And and then you know, it caught you on Saturday afternoon. And uh, you know, luckily Brian Dome was there to scoop up a story and put it together. But uh, yeah, it's a good start for Penn State. And uh, you know, it's a it's a good close to that junior day. A lot of offensive linemen, but conversation comes back to quarterback time and time again here, and that's what we're going to do right now because a couple new offers went out, Sean, and we respectively, each of us, caught up with the new offers. Let's start with the guy you spoke with, Marcus Stokes. Marcus Stokes. Uh, yes, Marcus Stokes. Sorry. from uh, he, he goes to high school in the Jacksonville area, Nice. And if that makes, uh, if that's familiar to anybody, that's where Tim Tebow played his high school football. Tebow, I think, was a homeschool kid who played at Nice. Uh, this is a guy that, that came out during the underclassmen combine in San Antonio in January. Um, did some really nice things. I know uh, the guys that we had down there for 24-7 sports were really impressed with him. Uh, Penn State uh, went down. Mike Yersich went down during January, watched him work out, got an idea of, of what it was work, what he was working with, and then Stokes came to campus and he got an offer. So they kind of rewarded him for making that trip. Uh, I was a big fan of the staff, big fan of uh, not only uh, Yersich and Franklin, but also 
uh, Danny O'Brien, the offensive analyst, who I had a few kids mention him this weekend. It'll be interesting to see the path that he takes over the next couple of years. And then uh, Chris Mann, uh, Coach Slim, as they call him, uh, he, he's handling a lot of that, that Florida recruiting as well. But uh, uh, Stokes threw for 2,672 yards and 20 t- 22 touchdowns last year. Um, starting to get noticed. He told me Notre Dame had reached out, Florida, Nebraska, a couple of schools had reached out. Um, but Penn State, uh, his first Power 5 off, I think that will be something he remembers for, for a long time during his recruitment. Absolutely. And, and I don't know if this came up in the conversation with you, but just I'm going to get this out right away. J.J. Cole is very aware of what Penn State brought in in the 2022 quarterback class, the two quarterback right. class that featured the number one guy in our 24 seven sports rankings, at least with Drew Aller. Um, and you know, I, I think he said two things that any competitive quarterback who's at the power five prospect level is going to say in this situation. He said one, yes, it's important to pay attention to the dynamics of the quarterback room and, and what arrived in that room in the cycle before you. Uh, and two, it's power five football, buckle up and compete. Someone's going to have to transfer. Someone's not going to win the job. If you have confidence in yourself, go get it. So there's there's two things right there. But I think realistically, you think about what it's going to take for, for Penn State to sell its vision for the 2023 cycle. It's very different at quarterback than what you were selling in 2022. Um, maybe not in terms of the message and, and in terms of the delivery, but in terms of the dynamics that that prospect is realistically considering, uh, considering Sean. Um, did that come up at all, uh, by the way, in, in your conversation? It didn't, but it's going to be ever present. And that's why one of those questions that we always get is uh, Dante Moore, Jaden Rashada, those guys that are obviously at the top of the board and have been for a long time. Um, Is Penn State going to have a chance to sign him? And they will have a chance, but it's going to make it extremely hard because Penn State doesn't have that pedigree of of recruiting quarterbacks and stacking quarterbacks like some schools. You know, USC has done that in the past. Oklahoma's done that. Uh, Ohio State's done that as well. So Penn State doesn't have that reputation. So you're probably thinking if you're a 23 quarterback that they're all in on Drew Aller, Bo Prabula, whatever it have you, whatever have you. Um, and it's going to make it tough for, for Penn State to land a, a highly touted, highly um, highly rated guy in the 2023 class. So these offers make sense. I mean, you mentioned yeah. J.J. Cole from Iowa. Penn State's got connections there. His father is Jamie Cole, who runs Cole's Kicking. And uh, let's see, off the top of my head, Pinnegar, um, Alex Baquetta, Sanders Sahadak, they, you know, they've all come through the Coles kicking camp system, uh, Levi Forrest as well. Um, you know, it's been, you know, a very, he's been a very familiar face coming out to, uh, especially with Joe, when Joe Lorig was here, um, because that's a guy that, that Lorig really confided in, in terms of finding kickers and things like that. So, but his son, Jamie, uh, excuse me, his son, JJ is not a kicker. He's a six foot six, six foot seven inch quarterback, which is really funny um, from a, from a standpoint of, of, of raising your kid to do one thing. And then him being the, the glamor position at quarterback. Um, but uh, Penn state offered him over the weekend. I know you talked to him and, and it's, it's going to be, as you mentioned, ever present that Penn state signed two quarterbacks in 2022, but it's going to be one of the things where it's, it's still an opportunity and you still have to sign a quarterback. This is a situation where don't expect JJ Cole to like, you know, get on the first flight to state college. He's been here before. So that that's that's a good thing. He's been here a couple of times, actually. Most recently was for a camp last June. He was really impressed by by the way Yersich directed the quarterbacks. It was a camp in which he worked alongside Drew Aller and and, and really got a chance to just see how Yersich um, handles uh, himself with young quarterbacks. And um, they maintain their communication. Mike Yersich paid a visit uh, to Iowa and Kenny, which, by the way, is the same uh, town that, that Jake Pinniger is from, fifth-year senior here at Penn State kicker. Um, 
Yurcich was that was a stop on his January whirlwind tour for all these coaches. Um, he had a chance to, you know, take another look at JJ Cole. And here they are a couple weeks later, Saturday, Yurcich calls him, says, I got James Franklin on the phone too. And the offer comes. And, and, you know, this is one where I think Cole was, knows that Penn State was monitoring him. And, and Yurcich essentially said last summer, I'm going to be keeping keeping tabs on you. I want to see your senior. I want to see your junior season film. I want to see how you progress out of that, uh, and then we'll circle back. And that's exactly what happened. It resulted in this offer. And there's been a few for JJ Cole uh, in January. Penn State followed Boston College in Minnesota. Kirk Sharaka involved, got involved a couple weeks ago as well. Um, he's got some th- things to think about. Iowa put an offer on the table a while ago uh, last summer, right around the same time he visited Happy Valley. And one thing that stood out here is won't necessarily need to use the official visits before he comes up with a commitment. Um, sounds like something he would like to figure out this spring rather than go into the summer as an uncommitted prospect. Um, again, I'm not sure what his plans is, are for official visits because according to him, not really an itinerary that he's laid out with. And, and it's not really something it sounds like he's prioritizing in the process. He's traveled quite a bit, been to Happy Valley a couple of times, as I said, has this relationship with Yersich. Um no warm and fuzzies here from the conversation, Sean, but it's it's one that, you know, you, you keep tabs on. You're, you're always curious, I think, now with these Mike Yersich offers because some of the guys he offered went last January, last February. They ended up, like, blowing up, right? Uh, Kate, mm-hmm. Cup, Kate Klubneck blew up more, and, and, of course, Drew Aller did, and then Nick Evers did. So keep an eye on Cole because he's somebody that I think could really go out and do some things that are special in the spring camp circuit considering his size and that wow factor you're going to get from watching this guy throw the ball around in shorts and a t-shirt. He was an elite 11 MVP at one of the regional camps last year before his junior year. He wants to go out. He wants to be part of that elite elite 11 final circuit. Right now he's a very high three-star for 24-7 sports, a low four-star in the composite. And to me, someone that over the next three, four months of work in that camp circuit will really dictate, is he going to stay in this kind of 87, 88 rating range? Or is he one of those risers that by the time we get into April and and May and talking about official visit windows, he's a guy that a lot of schools are scrambling for. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for J.J. Cole, because right now the offer list is nice, but it's not exactly a, a, a list of destination schools across the country. In fact, Penn State very quickly becoming a marquee name on that list. Well, I think the good thing here is he's from Iowa. He's got Iowa and Iowa State. You know, that's that's one of those things where you want to get the flagship uh, offers in. And of course, you mentioned Florida State, Boston College, and his dad knows a lot of people. And I, I think it's a good sign that these offers are still coming because sometimes, you know, when you know people, when you get when you're a son of the coach and things like that, you wonder if the you know if that influences things. But you know, this is a position where you can't afford to be nice about an offer, you know, just to give a courtesy offer or something like that. So um, speaking of offers, uh, five new offers out this weekend. Uh, Stokes was one of them. Amari Thomas, a receiver from Alabama, Colton Hood, an athlete who's listed as a three-star cornerback by 24-7 Sports. Penn State actually offered him as a wide receiver. Um, and a couple of kids from St. Francis and Ryan Manning and Gabriel Williams, a six foot three, 185 pound future linebacker uh, in the class of 2024. So a lot going on with this junior day, a really good turnout. We had a bunch of a uh, bunch of reaction on the site. Definitely check that out. Um, you know, just names that, that that pop here when I'm looking at the list. 
Of course, Tony Rojas, we talked about before. Sadir Mitchell, the big defensive tackle from from Jersey. Jordan Bass is a guy that um, you know uh, Doan keeps bringing up as a safety linebacker hybrid from from the Hampton, Virginia area. And Jamil Lyons is is a really interesting prospect who I think has really helped himself, and I think has helped himself in the classroom as well. Which that that will certainly um, improve his uh, his outlook as a recruit. Uh, so yeah, really really good, really productive um, junior day for Penn State. I think it was a productive month as you said, um, ended it with a couple of commits, but uh, now you set the table for the dead period in February and they'll get back to it uh, in March when they start hosting visitors once again. In line, by the way, uh, out of Philadelphia, um, where's the uh, Roman Catholic, I'm sorry. Uh, he's a guy that came into this visit, sounded like very high on Penn State um, based on conversation with Steve Wolfong last week and you know, coming out of it. Sounds like the coaches were able to reinforce that. He's uh, right now a three-star um, and with an 86 rating in the 24-7 sports rating, but a six-foot-five, 245 edge. At least that's what we have him listed at 24-7 sports. Um, you know, certainly a, a dynamic defender to, to follow here. And, and out of Philadelphia, that's a spot where Penn State generating some momentum last cycle. Curious to see how they can uh, keep that going in 2023. Sean, I think we have one more note to get to on JJ Cole. I wanted to just say his dad, Iowa State kicker, four-year starter for the Cyclones. So there is that in play as well. Iowa State has offered. So uh, keep that in mind. As you just be aware of JJ Cole. We'll see how the 2023 quarterback board comes together. It's not a complete product yet. Um, and Sean, I think it's officially five-star mailbag time. Once we note that Anthony Wigan has hit the transfer portal. Um, he was one of those players, uh, veterans that were absent from the Penn State roster update a couple weeks ago. Bonus eligibility because of that 2019 redshirt with, with Penn State. And then he had the 2020 NCAA full blanket redshirt for everybody. So he will look to use that somewhere else. No longer on the Penn State roster. Spent three years here, 22 games appeared in, two starts. He was the week one starter. It's kind of easy to forget right now, but he was the guy lined up at left guard when the offense ran onto the field for its first snaps at Wisconsin last September. And then they ran on the field for their third series and we didn't see him again, basically. Um, you know, that's that's one of those things. I think he'll find his level and go there. Um, he's always been great uh, to us. But, uh, yeah, it was one of those guys that was one of those uh, fifth year guys that was not on the roster. You know, it's not a surprise. We mentioned Daniel George before, uh, you know, Cam Sullivan Brown was one of those, Mike Miranda, another one of those. So we'll see if those guys pop up in the portal to find another spot to play um, or if, or if they move on or what, what happens with it. But uh, yeah, it's just a little bit more roster turnover for Penn state. And uh, you know, you kind of have a better idea of what you're looking at going into the spring. Yeah. Wigan, Des Holmes, Rashid Walker, Mike Miranda, some of the names no longer in that offensive line room. And Sean, we got a nice little toss. Uh, someone tossed us a nice little softball here for our five-star mailbag question. It's a familiar friend, um, and let's get right into it. I know I asked about Caleb Williams, but there's no shot of JT Daniels transferring to compete with the big red dog for the starting position, right? I'm going to guess this is not sent in by a Clifford family member because this uh, this this particular person, I don't know, Geiger or whatever. Um, yeah, this is it's not going to happen. I mean, Clifford's coming back for a reason. He's he's coming back. I think he's going to be the starter. I think Penn State's going to have an opportunity to to get those other guys a lot of reps. But you know, nobody's unseating him anytime soon. Um, I know people do not want to hear that, but I think that's the direction that it's going to end up going in. I think he could be a valuable resource for those young guys, and those young guys, you know, need to soak in what he brings to the table in terms of preparation, in terms of, uh, you know, just being an overall veteran and the experience that he has. Um, yeah, but uh, no, I think that this is your quarterback room. Um, and I think that's the, that's what the quarterback room is going to look like when they, uh, when they enter practice in August as well. 
Yeah, Christian Veyu, Drew Aller, Bo Perbula. If you're looking for competition for Sean Clifford, those are the names to know. JT Daniels, by the way, looking for another spot. He was a big-time prospect in Southern California, signed with USC, ended up being the backup quarterback by the end of things at Georgia last year, looking for a new home. Caleb Williams, uh, as we were sitting down to record, announcing something that had been expected for a while, he is going to join Lincoln Riley again in Southern Cal. Um, so what? the transfer portal, yeah, I know you are shocked by that. Sean. All that drama um, for Wisconsin, and it didn't happen. I can't believe that. We aren't expecting much drama on Wednesday, but that is the final signing day of this 2023 or 2022 recruiting class, and then we can fully dive into the 2023 class. Again, Tyrese Mills, we're keeping an eye on that. James Franklin due at the microphone, and we'll see. Uh, following that official visit, could Penn State pull off some cross-country commitment? Doesn't sound like there's a ton of optimism there, but still in play. That's an announcement that's actually coinciding, I think, with James Franklin's press conference. So we should have our answers before noon on Wednesday. We'll be back with another episode later this week to recap what went down on signing day and whatever else happens in the Penn State football and recruiting world. For now, on behalf of our producer, Lance Glenn, co-host Sean Fitz, thanks to everyone for listening to the Lions 24-7 podcast. I'm Tyler Donahue. We'll talk to you soon. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.